Excuse me. The Baroness would like to see you. Dance quite well. Champagne, Don Perignon, my favorite. Dancing, music, champagne. The best way to forget until you find something you want to remember. Welcome to the Worst Picture Cast. I'm Joey R. and myself, along with Grant Z, we talk about bad movies that we love so much. Grant, how are you? Guten Morgen. <laughs> I am doing fine. Uh, I am very excited yet... Um, perplexed? Perplexed and nervous to be talking about I'm this. I'm very nervous. This is the most nervous I've been for a Worst Picture Cast episode. This is the most on my heels I've ever felt yeah, recording an episode. Normally I'm pretty grounded and that's why I don't shut up, but I'm a little bit more nervous here. I'm, I'm liking this nervousness. It's good. It feels it's, like early it's Best early, Picture Cast days. Exactly, right? This is a hard departure from what we usually do. A great far. We, we, usually, we usually do like cheesy 80s action or horror passion movies. Passion projects. And, yeah. Um, but this is the benefit of our of our uh, our guest host our first returning guest first, i think our first returning guest is um, an award i think that we need to you know i think that's important that says something right that's very important it says something and uh she was the uh the guest host on the peanut butter solution which was also a far departure from what we usually do and one of our best worst picture cast episodes that was a lot of fun yeah great at because there's the yeah. one, you know what it was I didn't know what to expect, and I loved it. And I've, re I've recommended Peanut Butter Solution to like 30 people since that episode. How'd that go? Um, those who have watched it, it's been positive. Okay. <laughs> most have ignored me, because most people ignore me. Uh, that's fair. But th I, I wouldn't expect anything less from, from, our, from our guest host. And here she is, uh, Zeta Short. Oh, thank you so much for having me back on the podcast. It's a real honor. Oh, our, our pleasure. Our pleasure. Now, I have to ask, because we, because we asked you, like, oh, we want you back on, what movie would you like to do? And you're like, okay, let me think about it. And you came back, like, a few days later, and you gave me this, this huge list, <laughs> and this was on the top of it. Um, Just a Gigolo was right on top. What, uh, what made you decide to, re uh, to do an episode about this? So I'm fascinated by this film because unlike some of those cheesy, campy horror movies that you were discussing, this is mm -hmm. an incredibly pretentious movie that wants to be an art house classic. And it yeah. features all of these 
acclaimed old Hollywood movie stars, Marlena Dietrich shows up in the middle of it. You have David Bowie in the middle of the most critically acclaimed period of his music career. And yet nothing comes together in this film. It never works, (laughs) even for a moment. It's so misconceived. During production, I believe they blew through the budget within a couple of days. And so (laughs) he had to, the director, had to rustle up financing in the midst of production. And you can tell that there was a dip in terms of the amount of money that they had to spend on staging and framing certain scenes. And so it's this really ramshackle production that's loosely tied together and it's just incredible that all of these people who start in classics in most mm-hmm. cases agree to sign on for this read this screenplay and thought yes that's a role that i'm <laughs> desperate to play yeah i think what you said about just nothing ever co- connecting is how I felt the entire time. I felt so unsettled because no lines were ever crossing. And I do wonder, was the screenplay good and they just screwed it up? Because- I don't know. I don't know. Bowie is super likable and charismatic, charming guy who was just flat this entire time. Like everybody, it was so interesting. I don't know. I can't imagine this is how it was conceived to get money. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird, you also can you kind of know you're in trouble when there's like four different versions of this movie, <laughs> where you're like, okay, <laughs> there is the two and a half hour theatrical cut, and then there's like the hour and forty five minute like European cut, yes, and then there's like a ninety minute U.S. version, and then there's like a ninety eight minute version somewhere. Um, this movie it really does it feels like there are a lot of interesting ideas. But I think there are too many ideas. It's too many ideas, all trying to be a satire at once. Mm. It, it, I don't know. It's like it's weird because, like you said, like it does. Sometimes it feels like something out of Faulty Towers, right? right. Where it's just like some screwball kind of. And the uh, music you, really pushed that. Yeah, exactly. But then, it's really heavy and weird at times. It's just it, it couldn't. It had such a problem finding its tone. And his point of view. There's no tone. The tone switches every few minutes. It's crazy. Which I think goes back to what Zita said about just the pieces never. When you have like this serious moment with like Benny Hill-esque music, it's very confusing. Yeah, it just, it doesn't make sense. (laughs) It does, there's a lot of this that doesn't make sense. But uh, going back to what I originally said, I am happy that you suggested we do this movie. Because it's such a far departure. I think we kind of need this every once in a while. Yeah, because... That's kind of a palate cleanser. Well, I think so much of what we do is, like, these, like, passion projects that were just completely botched by untalented people. I'm super happy to talk about a lot of talented people making a bad movie. Yeah. It feels... It feels like we're being fair. And it's not just... <laughs> you know, we're not, you know... We're not punching down. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, we're, we're able to kind of see it. Because this... After watching it, this 100% fits into the ethos of the worst picture cast. Uh, for sure. Just given, and, and that's all, it's also what makes it kind of great too is that a lot of people don't talk about it. 
There, no? There's not a lot of media. There's not a lot of content about it. So it's it's kind of nice being um, being one of the few that have, let's face it, the guts to talk about this movie. Um, yeah, I, I feel like this is going to be the only time we have Marlena Dietrich on this podcast. It is. <laughs> It, and yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Like, I don't think witness for the prosecution is going to end up on this. <laughs> I mean, then we've really just run out of movies, and we're just being dicks. yeah. I, I, at that point, we just close we just close up shop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zeta, what's your first experience with this movie? Because it's for both of us. It's this is our first experience. Yeah. So I'm fascinated by the micro genre of famous musician narrative feature films. So movies where. Okay. Uh, pop stars or rock stars who don't typically act have an entire vanity project constructed around their persona. So something like Paul McCartney's Give My Regards to Broad Street is fascinating to me. To see this musician who is insanely talented and almost never misses in their specific field just completely fail once they try to cross over into this other artistic medium. And with David Bowie, he's a bit different from some of these other musicians in that he did achieve real success as an actor. And you look at his filmography and it's not slight or insubstantial. You have these movies that made a real impact. And yet this stands out as his most significant failure. And it seems like it was an effort to follow up The Man Who Fell to Earth with a movie that reflected the thin white duke persona. Right. And so I remember following his untimely passing, I was sort of interested in getting into more of his work and understanding his career. And unfortunately... I came across this film after seeing The Hunger and Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence and all of the classics. And it is, I guess, an interesting footnote, at least in his career, in that it demonstrates the fact that not all of the Bowie personas or eras or characters that he invented are suited to being translated onto the screen and he's so stiff in this and it's odd because a lot of his other films make effective use of that otherworldly androgynous alien that he possesses i mean look yeah look at labyrinth like that that's a whole that's a such a david bowie persona but even in the prestige you know when he's tesla like we see he could do an accent he yeah. doesn't have to just speak the way he speaks, right? Yeah, yeah. It's what um, if if you're looking if you're looking for musicians turned actors, especially bad ones, I recommend uh, Free Jack starring Mick Jagger. That is a that is like an early nineties. See, it's like I have that poster. <laughs> it's like an early nineties sci-fi movie with uh, Mick Jagger and I believe Emilio Estevez. No, and yeah, it is. It is bad. It's bad wow. news. But yeah, that that's who. Um, at, in your opinions, Zita, who do you think is the best musician turned actor? Who do you think has done the best job? Ooh, so I'm going to limit myself to the modern era because I think when you look back at the '40s, for example, that's Doris, yeah, it's a little bit Doris different. Day, yeah, she's very different in terms of her. Right. Yeah, that's fair. To a Mick Jagger, 
So I, sure. I would honestly, I would put Bowie up there in terms of the yeah. best. And I also think that Courtney Love deserves some recognition. I think it's a shame. Oh, that's she interesting. Yeah, she didn't really keep at it because a lot of those early performances show real promise. And I know that her persona as the damaged, self-destructive rock and roll wife definitely yeah. plays into your understanding of those performances. But I do think that she's more than just, she's not just playing herself on screen. And I yeah. think she did have real skill as a performer. That's great. Yeah, I, I think Courtney Love's best performance is when she acted like she didn't kill Kirk Cobain. But that's just a, uh, that's a different story. <laughs> I mean, that, that was Oscar worthy. <laughs> that was, she deserved all the awards for that. Yeah, you murder your husband and you're yeah. just like, oh no, I love him. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> That is... Uh, Fuck you, Dave Grohl. Uh, I, I should say allegedly, <laughs> just to cover my ass. Uh, bullshit. I think we're, we're, we're 20 years past allegedly, Grant. That's true. Um, she is good in People versus Larry Flint. She, no, she's, she's, a very, she's, very, she's very good um, in her roles. She is. And I, and I, think, uh, I think her band toll is great like that. Yeah. Uh, Live Through This album's fantastic. I think before seeing this movie, Bowie probably would have been my answer. Yeah, no, I think I think and Bowie's I think, the right answer. Right, and I think even despite this movie, I still think it's Bowie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's funny how this movie doesn't fit in with him, especially like Zeta said, where he was like musically at this time. It's like, did you forget? Yeah, I mean, he was you know, inc- and by this point, late seventies, he was incredibly established. Yeah, yeah, but and you know, you know what I was telling my wife. About this, she likes worst picture cast movies better than best picture cast. And she's a huge Bowie fan. Huge Bowie fan. Yeah. We stayed when we were in. Uh, we went to LA a couple of years ago. We stayed at the Hollywood Roosevelt. Like uh, I specifically requested the Bowie room. The, you know they have different like actor like yeah. musicians like like posters up and whatnot in, in, in all the rooms. And like I called and requested it because she's a huge Bowie fan. So this was easy. And she was like, "What is this? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing." So it was funny. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, you know, here at Worst Picture Cast, we like to give snarky synopsises. Synopsis. Synopsis? Synopsis. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, just really get you into the, into the vibe <clears throat> of the movie. Um, Zeta, why don't you go first? Yeah. So, David Bowie portraying Paul Ambrosius von Prigotsky? We're just going to go with that. Yeah, with a got to go, go for it, yeah. Poor German accent. He's meant to be Prussian. He's yes. an officer in the Great War. He's very accomplished. He's very sure of himself. Then he gets horribly injured. Everyone back home is convinced that he's died. He survives. <laughs> he returns home. They're all shocked by the fact that he's still alive. And he struggles to find his place in a changing society. They keep hitting on that point. Then, as the title would suggest, he becomes a professional gigolo and begins to spend time in the company of an assortment of glamorous ladies, and then the narrative just sort of stops. The, <laughs> that, that's, that. yeah, and then it, then it a, just ends. It's a lot of credit to the narrative going that far. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah, okay. <clears throat> a Prussian World War I veteran makes his way back to Berlin, where he finds work as a towel boy, a beer bottle, and a gigolo. 
All the while, the Nazi party is taking shape and wants the Prussian soldier as one of their leaders and perhaps lover? Question mark. Perhaps. Perhaps. We, we, we'll, get in, we'll get into that. Yeah, with, we got to uh, talk about the captain. With the captain and his, his, intent, his intentions with, with uh, Paul. Yeah. All right. Paul, a judgy, boring, dog-hating Prussian officer with a British accent, takes a vague job before he disappears for a few years just to come back and gets told that he's going to become a gigolo and just keeps following everyone around. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, too. Paul might make the least decisions of any movie, any lead character in a movie I've ever seen. He has very little agency. Any, like he just, his parents and the military raised him one way, and that was it. That didn't work out. So, and he was just kind of like, all right, I'll go there. Yeah. Or, or I'll to be a gigolo now, even though I'm a judgy prude. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was, he was kind of slut shaming. Um, kinda silly. And Ava, yeah. he straight up shamed them both. Yeah. Yeah, and then he gets fined. Yeah, it's what what I I think what I hate most about this movie is these um random and long time jumps. Yeah. It just seems like they jump a year like indiscriminately and it just you kind of just you you're, you're kind of just love to pick up the pieces. These the um the quote-unquote Greek chorus of these of these two uh German women walking around. So I enjoy them. Yeah, but like... They I made no sense, but I loved I them. couldn't understand anything they said. And this movie, I don't know about your version, mine didn't have closed captions. Mine, no, mine neither. I tried so hard for closed captions because I was like, ooh. So I was watching this last night at like volume 90. It's <laughs> tough. I had, I had, I thought I was going deaf. Well, then there was one point when, when he, after the Christmas, when he gets slapped by the captain, <laughs> yeah. and then I missed that time jump because I like blinked. So then he was at the Turkish bath with his mom and I was like, well, he was just at dinner with them. Like, how much time has passed? And then I had to go back. And I was like, oh, he, for two years, yeah, they for just some reason. Yeah, uh, Zita, what did you think of, of, the, uh, of the German chorus in, in this, these, these ladies? I don't think it was successfully integrated into the narrative. And it seemed to serve yeah. no real function. Where are they tossing off? witty, humorous bon mots about his life that are meant to be funny? Are they meant to be explaining what's happening, which is not useful because we've already been told by other right. characters what's happening in the plot. So it just seems like this bit of window dressing that has been put there to convince you that this movie is more stylish and elegant and glamorous than it really is. And it's yeah. not convincing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this movie... I don't know if this movie tried to make a a comment on high society in Germany as the world... as the country's falling around beneath them. Um, if that's what they were going for, they missed horribly. <laughs> but I do think that was their thought. You, th you think that was intentional? No, the, no, the, I think the, that... The Exposition I think, Sisters. I think the thought was to, like, make a commentary. I right. think they failed at it. Okay. But I think their intention was to, like, oh, even as all this, you know, we lost the war, everyone's impoverished, we're chasing men around for pigs. Yeah. But these two are still all about appearances. Like, I think they were trying to make a point that they couldn't fully... Okay. Yeah. Because I think that was their idea. Like, no matter what happened, no matter, you know, when, when, when Bowie gets back to Brussels, uh, 
Berlin. Berlin, sorry. You know, everybody's waiting in line for food. It's, it's well, they're eyeing, they're looking at his pig like, right. like Tweety Bird. But like yeah. these women are still dressed to the nines, like it's Victorian era. Like right. so, they're not living in the world that the world is living in. And I, I, I just think it didn't land. No, there's very, there's very little, very few things in this movie that landed. They did have ideas. I just think, yeah. You know, listen, good satire is fantastic. Bad satire, which is all the time we've seen a million times. Is so bad, and you really it feel just, it. It just comes off as so desperate. Oh, that's a good word. Yeah. It oh, comes, I like that. Like they're they're trying so hard to seem to seem clever or witty. I just I like when, that. when it doesn't work, it just feels it, it just feels a little bit more sad. Right. Right. Or preachy, like don't look up. Mm. <laughs> but like I think that's another terrible satire. Like it's just a failure of set. Yeah. And I think that's what this is. Yeah. So the way it starts, let's when yeah, let's let's, let's get let's we see get we meet Paul, the very. They set him up like he's this kind of cool badass, but yeah. all that's set up there is very quickly taken away. That as you know, the war is over. He follows the dumbass captain into a bomb. So like right. all like the first three minute promise is wiped away and destroyed right there for the rest of the movie. Yeah, I mean he stands there right when a mortar goes off. Like right and next does to it him. just does no it sells it flinch no sells yeah. it uh, but I, I I like that he you no know, sells it me too I yeah. think that in the beginning of the movie I was like oh this character is gonna be excellent like a really just like cool level headed character the second he follows the captain into nothingness I'm like oh you're an idiot yeah he like he and you're the just captain, a follower you're just like, the two of them because of his because of the captain's um, nationalistic never say die. Well, attitude um he follows him into no man's land it gets promptly blown up somehow neither die yeah you know i don't know but it just like again so we we have this like oh this guy's gonna be like this cool badass and instead we just get like oh no he's a giant follower dork yeah yeah and that's why set him up so awesome to bring us that guy i don't know what do you think zita it is a peculiar opening, and it really sets you up to understand that, oh, this movie does not know what it wants to be. Yeah. Because from oh, scene correct. to scene, our perspective on this character completely changes. No one seems to have a handle on who Paul is meant to be. And he's the, the titular character and the biggest yeah. rock star in the world is playing him, he should be compelling. I'm not suggesting that he even needed to be a badass. He could be pathetic. He could be a wimp. But make that interesting. Don't just be present sure, him absolutely. in this passive manner. Yeah. He's yeah. just always following. It's just, there's there's no, like, oomph. It's just... <laughs> yeah, like I said before, he has no agency. Yeah. All he does... Like, the only thing he did for himself was, like... Ditched the beer bottle. But that was because Ava told him. And he was embarrassed. Well, she told him to move the beer bottle. And then he was embarrassed because he couldn't. Oh, well, so, sure. Okay. I'm going to admit something. The next scene in the French hospital, I had to rewind that twice to figure out what the hell was going on. <laughs> yeah, that, I got that on my, my second watch. I, that was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, okay. But I think that, I, that scene as an idea is great. Why the hell was it in black and white? 
Mine wasn't in black and white. Yours wasn't in black and white? Mine was like in like sepia, like white and sepia. No. Me too. Zeta, yours was? Yeah. Okay, mine was. No, mine was regular. So like, so you saw the French flag and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't. I, 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 it just, it looked like a flag with oh, like. Wait, no, you're right. It yeah. was. It wasn't like black and white. It was not color though. It was like, it was like so heavily desaturated. Yes. And it was like sepia right. kind of That's thing. That's right. Because he, the nurse was in color because the way they framed it, she was colored. Wait, what? Yeah. But, well, because it was like, it took away the reds. <laughs> so like the nurse's uniform still like popped. Ah. Uh-huh. I didn't, catch very that. I, didn't, I didn't catch that. But, but I had no idea what the hell was. I couldn't hear anything. Well, that's the thing too. Like you couldn't, you couldn't hear. I'm German. When I watched this with my wife the other night, and she thought that David Bowie lost his hearing because of like she thought like everything was all the audio was like getting taken out because of that. And I was like, oh no, just just poorly made. Right, but like being able to see the French, like we know he's Prussian. Show us the French flag. Like we get it. Well. Because it, I had the first time I watched that scene, and then it cuts to him with a pig. I had no <laughs> idea what happened. Uh, I and then I, like the circus music's playing over the credits. Yeah, but I do love the idea of that scene, like this mistaken hero who's just a jabroni. Yeah, I mean, in the wrong country, he's fighting the enemy. They, like, they they brought in an enemy soldier. But like that's a funny idea if you could like pull it together. And my, how they failed. And it doesn't, but it doesn't inform anything of the character. Nothing. Like, it would be, it would be interesting. Like, like, I guess, like, he is a character trying to, he's trying to find his. Identity. Well, he wants to be a hero, right? His whole thing is glory and pride. Yeah, so, at his, least his at dad's first. a colonel. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, he that that gets that that is nothing but lip service. But yeah. at this point, we believe this man is his entire life is for glory and pride. I don't know why he retired out of the military right away. You would have think glory and pride. He would have, you know, stayed it would, in. It would have been a career military right, man, not just retire after two years. Yeah. Well, I mean, who knows what he would he would have been doing twenty years later if he stayed in the military. So whatever everybody told him. Yeah. Well, I know. I'm afraid that I'm afraid he said something really, really bad. <laughs> um, he would have been but, hanging with that man from Munich. But yeah. Oh, that was that was at least somewhat clever. That I was guess. clever. That was yeah. the most clever thing in the entire movie. Yeah, the man from Munich being Hitler. Yeah, uh, that was very clever. But now I don't know that it was really very clever, but in this movie it was very clever. This movie was clever compared to everything else. I was like, oh, I like that. Yeah, but I like the hospital thing. Like, if you would like in a in a in a proper effective satire, yeah, having a scene like that would work so well. But they would tell you about the character. They would tell you about his intentions and his motivations. Yeah, it's it's just everything's everything's just I, I, I keep I keep I hate to keep going back to this point of just how they bungled everything. Yeah, it's fascinating yeah. how much they did. Because, you know, you gotta think somebody's on quality control, right? Somebody's at the helm. I guess. I don't know. But that's the thing, like like Zeta said, like they ran out of money so right, like so quickly. I think it was just one of those things where they're like it, it turned into like guerrilla filmmaking right. where they just kind of just assembled whatever they could. Like I would love to see what was actually on paper. Zita, have you seen like the long version of this? I haven't. No, I've only seen mm. the short, shorter <sighs> version. The medium version. Yes. Uh, part of me wants to watch it to see if it makes any more sense. I don't know where it is. I, 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 couldn't, I, I didn't find it. I almost feel compelled 
to try to watch it. And if I if 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 for these for those folks listening, if I find it, there will be like an addendum. Because I'll watch it as well, and we'll. Well, we'll see if it works better or not. But I doubt it does, if I'm going to be honest. Because they ran, again, they, they ran out of money so unbelievably fast. What, what was the money for? Like, feeding those Great Danes? Yeah, I, I don't know. They just ran out of money. The first scene, the first, the first set, probably expensive, right? The World the War, War I set? Yeah. The Foxhole set looked good. Yeah. It's but sat- then starting the movie, I was like, oh, okay, this is like a movie. I was like, I was really, I was like... I was like, man, where did because of you know watching under this context, I was like, where does this movie go that this is what Zeta you know picked? Because yeah. right now this seems competent. Yeah, um. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, uh, it just drops like a mortar. Yeah, my God, um, we just right. couldn't no sell it. Um, all right. So, all right, so where does he so, get the pig? Uh, I don't know. Probably just like got it from a hobo. Just murdered a I'm hobo. Sure. I don't know if he murdered him. Probably I don't know. Um, Alright, so he gets home, and he sees his childhood crush, I guess, Silly, um, as a singer for the revolution. I guess this is the communist faction right. she's, she's... coming in, and so she's singing and dancing about this. Yep, and she yells about them all chasing them all for the pig. Yeah. I, I get, but it just, like, it just doesn't... It barely serves any purpose. Because here's the thing. Like, give her song an extra 30 seconds. So, like, because it's kind of hard. The circus music ends and then it's just her. But the focus is never on her until they all run away. The focus is on all the guys seeing the pig. She's, yeah, if you didn't... She's she's tertiary in that scene. If you didn't know... Like, the first time I saw this, I didn't put it together that that was silly. Neither did I. It, it took the second viewing. I agree. For the I, I don't know I don't know about about you, Zita. If you, Zita's you know, like, no, I'm not an idiot, guys. <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> like I don't know if you noticed that was if that was silly right off the bat. Like obviously not right off the bat, but like you made the connection early on that they were the same person. I don't know if you did. You do that or no? I think I did, but then it became incomprehensible. So okay, I, I sort of thought, oh, they're trying to make. A point here about communism, but they never return to it until the final scene, so... Yeah. We hear about it two more times. The final scene and the cemetery scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, this Jesus Christ, the cemetery scene. Um, I do... Well, I didn't realize I was silly right away. I do like silly. I like silly. I, I think I like... I like that I, actress very much. Yeah, I like I, I like that the character is kind of a bad person. Yes. Yeah. Well, because Paul is a fake great person. Right. Right? He's like, this is what I think good people look like, so that's what I'm going to do, and then ultimately do nothing. She's kind of an asshole, but she goes for it. Right? Like, she's using the prince. She doesn't hold back that she's using the prince. Yeah. She's all in on it. Like she, she wants, she wants to be a star in Hollywood. Right. She wants it. Like she's going. Yeah, I, I like it when, when, um, when she flees and she goes, she leaves like David Bowie in the bathtub, goes to Hollywood, and David Bowie keeps on going back to the the restaurant, uh, the uh, the lounge or um, uh, the cabaret, whatever you want to call it, and the, um, the MC. 
like sits down. She's like, yeah, she doesn't give a shit about you. I like just that. just move on. I love that because Bowie would have went there. Have you guys ever watched Futurama? Yeah. Yes. Zeta, do you know the best episode where the you know Fry finds out that his dog waited for him for twenty years outside the pizza place? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's, it will make you oh, cry. That's sad. It's lovely, but that's what Bowie would have been, but without the loyalty. Just like this is what I'm supposed to do because I don't know any better. Right. At least Fry's dog waits out of pure loyalty and love. Sure. No, that's Bowie good just doesn't know what the fuck to do. Yeah, he's a sad, he's a sad puppy. Then he gets scooped up by the uh, by the gigolos, but we'll 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 get back to that. Um, so, yeah, so like when when he gets home, he goes to his he goes to his house, right? It's they're like any of you guys get like Garden State vibes a little bit. Um, like he comes home and he's kind of listless and uh, it's just like his hometown is just so weird, and just like all these weird things are like where his home used to be. Like it would have been really funny if he had a friend who like collected World War One trading cards. That would have been funny. Yeah, like that. Would, I know that was that wasn't like a thing, but like that would have been absolutely hysterical. Having a scars guard collecting, <laughs> yeah, somebody working at medieval times. <laughs> um, yeah, that's actually a funny comparison. I, I like that because he just—it's it, just like like just for that minute, like where he goes home and then like when he's walking through the house with the pig before there, he sees like aunt. these two fat bald guys eating eggs, like these twins eating eggs, which is odd. And that woman with like the red mohawk. Mm-hmm. It just also, I want a movie of the one with the red mohawk who's living in these people's houses. Like, I think that's the movie. Yeah, I would love that. Like her and Bowie just like hanging out, playing music. Like that's a way more interesting than anything. Yeah, yeah. I I think, like I said, like there's there if they chose like one storyline to follow, or even two, they took two of them. And they just like merge them together. Maybe that's why nothing lasts, though, or nothing sticks, because they just tried to do. They tried to do so much, they did nothing. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly it. Which it's is just, fascinating. If you try to do everything, you do nothing. Right. So you know, so much at Worst Picture Cast, we always talk about, like I said earlier, like passion projects, and I, I think one of the most interesting things about nobody felt like they gave a shit about what this movie was trying to say, right? I think they, they think they gave a shit. I just don't think they knew how to do it. Mm. I don't know. What, what do you think, Zita? Well, it does seem like an effort to capitalize on the fact that, for lack of a better word, Germany was sort of hip during the 70s, where you have cabaret, you have the night porter, and you have mm-hmm. the German new way, or new German cinema at this point in time. And so that's all very avant-garde and experimental. And this movie wants to ape the aesthetics of those films but it has nothing of value to contribute to the discourse over whether German society had managed to move on from Nazism which is a big theme in most of those films and this movie has such a muddled message uh, where it, it, it wants to I suppose, make fun of the valorization of these figures who have no ideological beliefs. And yet, even that message, it doesn't manage to convey effectively, which should be an easy thing to do. Should be. Yeah, I I agree 100%. Yes. 
but it's also funny because you, you want to capitalize on on Germany that's that's kind of red hot, but then you're also kind of bringing up one of the worst moments in German history, where like, world history. Yeah, it's like it's like oh, you know, the, this new you know the new German cinema is great and. Um, and we're Cabaret, really, yeah, and people and like, were really buying into like a modernization, like artistically, we're really coming into our own. Um, remember when the Nazis came? <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's kind of, yeah. You, what were you gonna say? It's horrible to acknowledge this, but a lot of the uh, German exploitation pictures from this era did seem to play into that Nazi chic fascination where you have something like oh, interesting. Salon Kitty which is essentially just a pornographic film about uh, Nazi prostitutes services. Oh, really? And so a lot of these movies are very much ooh, the mystique and allure of the Nazi party. So there is this... So they don't go away from it? They kind of buy into it? Yes. So it's this wow. unfortunate undercurrent where you do have Directors like Werner Herzog and Rainer Werner Fassbinder making these legitimately bracing, daring movies about these subjects. And then at the same time, you have these scummy, cheap exploitation films that play into the audience's worst or most depraved sensibilities. That's... You know what's funny when you, you mentioned this, and that's and that's a really great point. Is this is this movie trying to comment on that? <laughs> because like it's it's showing like this kind of hip Germany, right? But also has this undercurrent of the of the rise of the Third Reich. But they do let the rise be separate. Like at the wedding, they're very they're, they are a separate entity. Like they're but always that, separate. I kind of like at the wedding. That's when they're infiltrating, though. It's I like that scene. Yeah, I do think they do a good job there. I think. Um, but I, I don't know. I, 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 because they, they make them look like buffoons, right? Like the whole scene when they blow up. When they blow up themselves. Yeah, like yeah. that's, that's great. It's like. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's the best part of like the Faulty Towers, like satire. Right. And it just, it's just so, I don't know. It's weird. I, um, let, let's, let's, we're talking about the, how the Nazis are portrayed in this movie. Let's talk about it. Does is is Captain Herman Kraft's um is he written as gay or am I just I reading got, it to subtext? I got gay the whole time. Okay. Zeta, what about you? I think that's definitely meant to be subtextual. Right. I think it was handled poorly, but like I was thinking it the entire time, especially like in the train car, and then when he slapped him and hugged him, I was like, okay, I feel validated here. Or or when, when Otto came in, he's like, oh, what are you, you trying well, to that, right. like, with your rosy red cheeks? And That's where, I, like, was, that's okay, where I was like trying so. to read into, I was like, okay, maybe, but I don't know, maybe they're, and then when he slapped him and hugged him after... That felt uh, very much like a lover's quarrel yes, kind of thing. After Ava and Silly owned him at dinner. That was hilarious. I, lo- I loved it. That was a really, that was really good... That was really good dialogue. I, I I really liked it. I thought it was hysterical. Yeah. I thought because I think it's funny. Like this 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 just asshole entitled guy shows up out of nowhere and gets absolutely shut down by who he despises. Yeah. I mean he gets. I mean he basically he gets his ass handed to him by a a 
a, a wannabe actress and a prostitute. Yeah, destroyed. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so destroyed, he has to walk out. Like, imagine... Like, I want to now make someone walk out of somewhere by making fun of them. That's my new goal. No, God. Joey, I hate when you have goals like this. I know, me too, but it's, it's really fun. I'm gonna... Your wife wouldn't let you do it. Your wife would, like... Ended before it got out of hand. Well, oh, I can't do it with her in person. Like, she, yeah. she'll stop me. Yeah. She's the only one who'll stop me. <laughs> but no. I love that scene. But, I don't know. Uh, the captain, who's the director. Yes. Very confusing. So we meet him first time in the foxhole, and he's insane. And an idiot. Refusing to... Refusing to... Um, oh, this is an ally the- trick. They'll never... So he, he, he's a buffoon, right? Like, that's how we meet him. Okay, so let me put it this way. If I am a human being and I followed somebody once Mm -hmm. and I got blown up, if I ever see them again, I'm going to do the exact opposite thing they ever say. I'm not going to then take a job and live in a broken down subway with them. Yeah, it's it's batty. And then he puts on Wagner and I couldn't even hear it. It was, you couldn't hear it, right? No. Zeta, you couldn't hear it when when he puts on Wagner on the... uh, on the um, the gramophone. The gramophone. Thank you. Um, and yeah, I couldn't couldn't hear that. And it just this is his his character was a, was a tough thing to to kind of pin down for me. And I because I you almost want him to have more teeth in a way, right? If you really want to sell, if you want to sell, I feel like if you want to sell it. You kind of stay away from the satire, and you kind of make him a little bit more villainous. Yes. Or, or do you think? Do you think? Or do you think the satire would work better? I suppose my general feeling was that this was never supposed to be a satire, or the idea oh. telling of this story wouldn't be satirical. I feel as though it's so plot heavy. Even though, sorry, I yeah. pointed out the narrative essentially stops halfway through. Right. But you're mm-hmm. cramming in all of this stuff about the war, his trauma, his inability to make decisions within the first yeah. 20 minutes of the film. And I feel like a lot of great satires, they zero in on a specific subject and then give you little snippets of it. And so you sort of get this collage of all of the ridiculous or hilarious things about that subject. Something like This is Spinal Tap, classic satire. Clearly, they're not working with as serious of a subject, but that is an essentially plotless film, and it helps that you're just sort of drifting along, seeing snippets of this band's day-to-day life. Yes, they're going through a decline, and that's sort of a narrative through-line, but it feels very light and breezy all the way through. Just a gigolo has (laughs) wild pacing, and you're constantly scrambling to keep up with it, and then when you feel as though you do know where you are in the plot, you're bored. Yeah, it's almost like if if this is Spinal Tap and one of the members had a a drug problem, (laughs) and it was handled really seriously... (laughs) And it just like would just kind of really feel out of place. Yeah, no, I, I totally. Yeah, I. I no, that's I get correct. It, it doesn't um, again, but the tone <coughs> never fits. Well, that's the thing too, because they they go from like goofball 
comedy stuff. And I think the music has a lot to the do music, with that. The music was bad. I don't know why they had that circus But it was, it was the same thing each time. Listen, him going from France to Berlin with the pig, like, it works, right? Like... Everybody's an idiot. They thought he was French because there was a helmet somewhat near him, and now he has to walk back to Berlin. Like, fine, circus yeah. music. When he's in his like new house, that's now a hovel. It's not appropriate. Or when they're burying a uh, a, a German colonel, that was tough. and there's a shootout happening in the damn cemetery. liberals. There's <laughs> there's a shootout rubble, happening rubble, in, rubble. in the cemetery. And, and sex with the wife on the casket, essentially. Well, that is, that's a wild, that is a wild scene. For a guy who was judging Ava for making some cache, then that... Yeah, all right. All right, you know what, you know what, let's just jump wherever, because it doesn't really make sense to go... No, they to make go sense! chronologically. Yeah. All right, let's just go for it. All right, so, so this is post, this is like a few days after he officially becomes a gigolo, I guess. He gets told he's a gigolo. He gets told he's a gigolo, and then... Even though he has no skills. Do you speak different languages? What can you do? And he just stares at her. Yeah. He doesn't even pretend. He just stares at her. Yeah. Um, and then he... So, um, so the amazing... Um, and I, I, I thought she was stunning in this. Kim Novak. I thought she looked gorgeous in this. Right. Uh, he, she seeks comfort in him, and they screw in the mausoleum next to her husband's coffin so she takes him under like so was he was she paying him this whole time so i have to think that was his like number one gigolo gig like so he was okay he, he was giving money to marlene baroness the baroness marlene yeah marlena dietrich and yeah and then like so she she takes him in and she treats and she because i guess like you know because i, I was i kept thinking about here about um the epic cocktail and you know, trying yes, right, yes, and how that movie made it very clear what the relationship was, and you know, this is it, like young guy, older woman with money, like use it, and I, yeah, and I, this failed. Yeah, I would have loved it if this relationship was a ninety-minute movie. Oh, that's a great movie, especially would, with Bowie and her. Like, that's yeah. a great, great movie. I think that I feel like that would have been really great, and then like you could even have Silly in there as this. As this starlet on the rise, and like his from, like love of his life from his childhood, but they yeah, think, like start cross lovers is probably better. I I that seems like such a better movie than what we but got. This was an you know this movie was an hour and forty five minutes on Pluto. It was two hours and ten minutes, right? With the commercials, yeah. He didn't become a gigolo until like an hour and thirty minutes into it. That's a problem too. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't become a gigolo until halfway through the movie, um, which basically you're just being sold false a false set of goods. Right, because yeah. and also his gigolo scenes are him doing the tango. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Because, again, are we... What's his relationship with Kim? God. Uh, we got to think it's jiggle, it's professional. But the way he leaves it is not professional. Right, and then, like, if, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know much about the gigolo arts. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really watched gigolos on Showtime. I, I'm not familiar with that show. See, so, you know, I don't know if you are, if you've... There, there was a sh- there was a show, um, the show in the states called Gigolos, on Showtime, in one of the, one of the premium channels that it was like a reality show about a group of gigolos that lived in a house in in Las Vegas. There's a lot of steroids, a lot of hair gel. <laughs> one guy tried to have like a rap career. 
yeah. I think. Uh, it's, it's just, but like, it was not as glamorous as uh, Club Eden. So I never actually watched it because I put. But the yeah, soup, why would you? Yeah. But the show, the soup, mm-hmm. made fun of it every week, so that's how I knew it. Yeah. Um, I imagine all those guys are dead from meth now. Or yeah, or steroids or whatever. Right. But um, yeah, I'm not. You know. I don't know. It's. Yeah. I'm, it was just very confusing, but. Everything was confusing. Like, why after this evil di- this dinner that his boss got made fun of from his weird, non-descript <laughs> political job, did he then disappear for two years? Like, where did he go? Did he work with the captain, or did he just walk around Berlin for two years? I think he was working with the... The Nazis? Yeah, all right. So let's, let's, let's talk about this then. Zita, um, maybe you can give us some insight, because I'm completely lost when it comes to this. Um, at the all right, so you can tell like as as the movie goes on, he wants less and less to do with with uh, with the captain right. and and his affiliation, right? But then at the end, after um, after Silly's wedding, where he's like, "Oh, I have what does he say? I have it written down here. Um, I have my duties to think of." When she asks him to spend the night, and he refuses. You took that to the Nazi party? I don't know. Oh, I took that to his gigoloing. Like if, that, then, like, if why, he was going to sleep with Silly, he was missing out on gigolo work because he was but booked then why, up. But why would he? I don't know. And I feel like he just would have ended up at Club Eden then. But that's what I think he was talking about. Like I have to go to Club Eden, but he ends up with Silly. Uh, Zita, what do you what do you think? Well, I think it's telling that if you couldn't figure out what duties he was referring to. The screenplay isn't especially well written, but that's fair. I feel as though it's made pretty clear throughout that he's uncomfortable with Nazism and never okay. fully embraces it. So I think it's probably more likely that they're talking about him wanting to make money at Club Eden. But it would have been more interesting, perhaps, if he does become a full-on Nazi at the end of the film. Oh, that's it would have been, At least it would have been a bolder <laughs> narrative decision than what we get where throughout he is incapable of making decisions. Yeah. I, I, want, I do wonder, maybe if he, if he said he had duties you attend to, maybe he was going to meet up with the captain and kind of end it. But based off what? Because at that point, it's already ended until well, he shows up at Club Eden with his well, yeah, with his I mean, ginger and then, and then he and then he saw like the then he saw all of them at the at the wedding, and maybe that disgusted him or something. But I, I don't already know. think he he was already separated from them because when when Captain Fi- he kind of told them to, off at the bathroom. Because Captain shows up at Kim Novak's house and is like, "Oh, I know he's here," and she's like, "Oh no, he left." Yeah, right. So it, so that uh, he had already cut it off. Like he was done with them. I, I guess, but this is what Zeta said. Like it, it's such a it's such a poorly executed screenplay that we really don't know what they were trying to achieve here. Yeah, it's tough. It's it is a it is a it's incomprehensible. It's amazing. It's so bad because yeah. like, how do you? Again, the, the money had it screwed up. No way all... You're not getting Marlene Dietrich out of retirement for something so absurd. Yeah, I, I mean, it was, it was like a day and a half for her. But so like still, that, that, that's something that she But still, just, is that how she... You know, listen, 
where uh, what have you done for me lately, society? So the last thing matters. The last the last entry in her legacy is this movie. Yeah, right. I like know. so, on paper there had to be some sort of fleshed out ideas somewhere. This is why I'm curious to see the two and a half hour movie. But it's still made with the lack of money. True. <laughs> True. So like at some point it's just like. Paul walking around Berlin crying because he just doesn't know what else to do. Like know. sitting in front of, like Paul's just sitting there with like a piece of apple pie and a piece of cherry pie in him and he's just crying because he doesn't know which one to eat because somebody has to tell him. He can't make a decision. <laughs> um, so we didn't do scene you would recommend. We did not, no. This was the hardest of all, of By all. Far. Of all of the best picture cast categories, of all of the worst picture cast, of all of the 300 passions, of all of the below freezing, of all of the 31-25-52 that I have done, yeah. this was the hardest, this the hardest one decision I had to make about yeah. a, anything. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll go first. So, yeah. So, so uh, in case this is your first listen, the, the host will recommend a scene... Not the not necessarily the favorite, the best scene of the movie. Just like if you want somebody to watch this movie, what scene would you show them? Right. To kind of capture the essence of the movie, right? I went with the von Kaiserling funeral. That's a good one. Um, I I feel like them running while everybody's shooting at each other, and then like and then, in the mausoleum, like that's right. like because it's so, it's so bonkers. It's so out of pocket you're like yeah no this is what the movie is <laughs> it's like a really weird there's like a gunfight with uh circus music playing and then there's a um a grieving uh, a, a grieving widow um having sex with a gigolo next to her husband's coffin like this a rookie the, gigolo yeah <laughs> a, a, a very green very green <laughs> gigolo um so yeah I, I, that's what i would that's what i would do so I went with the opening credits with him walking to Berlin with the pig. Because I was like, I was like, you know what? You're getting Bowie. You're going to have Bowie in 95% of the scenes. And he's going to be, he's, it's the only time in that man's entire life that he has no personality. And I'm, that's what yeah. this movie is. I'm, I'm going to put a dog ear on that every here. Okay. Zeta's answer. Zeta, uh, what, what scene would you recommend to somebody who hasn't seen this movie? So... Unfortunately, I'm on the same page with Joey, where if you just saw the opening credits, that's wow. when it displays some potential, where you think, ooh, David Bowie, pig. <laughs> <laughs> You're not yet prepared for the horrors that await you. So That's amazing. Okay. My, yeah. Yeah, the, I, I think... I think I can't disagree, really. I, any, I don't think I would disagree with any scene that's recommended, because like I feel like they're all absurd. They're all kind of the same. Um, did you guys notice that there was one frame of of the opening of the opening uh, credit sequence, where there's a picture, as a there's a footage of Berlin, and there's a cart dragging something, and Bowie is standing there holding the pig, but he's superimposed in. No. Yes. I Dita, missed that. Dita, did you catch this? And, I don't and the, think I did. Yeah, there was. I caught it less. I caught it yes, uh, two days ago. Um, 
where yeah, it, it's it's one of the it's one of the the shots of of Berlin, and David Bowie's just like kind of crudely pasted no into frame, holding the pig. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Yeah, I'll I'll see I'll see if I can find that. I'll I'll try to I'll try to take a video but of that. That completely validates my choice here. Yeah, because then it's just like they didn't even have enough money to reshoot him in Berlin. <laughs> Why even put him in? Right. Just put Berlin. Just put Berlin in. You don't need it. <laughs> this movie. This fucking movie. You know, Berlin is basically like like a character in the movie. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was about to walk out. The worst picture cast is done. I always love that when people are saying like, you know, New York City is really a character in this. I'm like, no, it's a setting. It's right. not a character. Um, you just don't know the words. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in Sex in the City, the city is a character. It's like, no, it's Samantha and... <laughs> I don't know the names of them. Uh, uh, Samantha, Miranda, Carrie, and uh, Charlotte. Come on, man. Sorry. You're such a Miranda. It's ridiculous. Am I? Is that a, yeah. good, is that a bad thing? I, I, I don't think thing. any of them are good things. <laughs> they all seem pretty terrible from what I know. Yeah. I think, I, I think I'm a Charlotte, which I don't, like, I don't think is great. Okay. I don't know. Zita, Zita, would you Zita who, would you, who would you be? Well, if you everyone to... wants to be a Samantha. But Everyone wants the Samantha. Samantha's the real open, she's kind of headstrong, sexual one. Yeah. Okay. And Carrie, she is obnoxious, even though she is. Oh, Ca- yeah. Every you hate her so much. After Carrie's the worst. That's a uh, footface. <laughs> That's Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Wait. Yeah. So who would you be? You didn't answer. You I was be Charlotte. Oh, you and Grant? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, what am I? You're Miranda. Miranda's the lawyer. She's the, uh, and she the smart a... one. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. But she's I'm also... sure that's how Grant meant it. But she's also kind of an asshole. Yeah, no, it's pretty valid. <laughs> <laughs> but I just heard really smart. I, I just... Yeah. That's what I'm going to take. And in the... What was it? The second... I forget. Was the second Sex and the City movie she cheats on Steve or something? I forget. Oh, she's a cheater. I'm not a cheater though. No, you're not a cheater. I'm many things. No, but Steve I have... cheats on her. Steve cheats on her, but doesn't she like? Revenge I thought I, I, or maybe that was in. Oh, you're you're thinking of Anne's just like that, where she has a lesbian affair with Che Diaz, who everyone on the internet is afraid of. Well, that was a girl from Grey's Anatomy, right? I think so. I, th- yes. I think she's in Grey's. Yeah. yeah See, know. this is how compelling just a gigolo is. Now we're just talking about <laughs> Sex in the City and Grey's Anatomy. I have never seen, like, a second of Sex in the City. I, I watched it. I watched <laughs> it. <laughs> and this, listen, everybody did. Like, I, that was another one of those things I just, like, put my foot down that I refused to do for some No, I, I guarantee, I had the BPC guys. I'm probably the only one that watched it. I can't see like Artie sitting down and watching it. <laughs> I mean, I don't. He doesn't watch anything. Well, that's true. But he, the kid's never seen a full movie in his life. <laughs> All right. So, so the two Charlottes and Miranda are going to keep talking about this. Um, <laughs> I, all right. So, all right. Where, where does anyone? Where does anyone else want to go here? All right. So, I mean, I think the end. I think we could go to the end. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. So. Oh, can, can I just say that the yeah, prince, you want. can I just say that the prince gave me um, Maurice Le Chevalier vibes? Yes, I'm okay. on board with that. I don't know. I don't know if, 
because like I just expect him to break out into songs like in Gigi. Um, and what's fitting because Maurice Chevalier was a Nazi collaborator. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's something I learned from the Gigi podcast. Yeah, see, there you go. Maybe you should like that movie a little bit more, Grant. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I, I like it. I like it just enough for my liking. Thank you very much. See, this is why you're Miranda. <laughs> this is why. Um, but so, I, I, so the prince that bathtub scene. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll go to the end right after this. But the bathtub yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. So all right. So was at this point was silly with him romantically. Yeah, she said like he's eventually going to give me the house. Like they were together. Okay. Again, like she was using him. Oh, for sure. But she makes that clear. She's yeah, using yeah. him for the money in the house. Because when they show up, Paul's like, whoa. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get this house. Yeah. So then he he, thre- he kind of vaguely threatens. But Paul sort of threatens himself. Like, Paul does a lot of um, deducing. Right. Which is probably the only time he's even a percentage clever. You're going to kill me, aren't you? Because, yeah. Yeah, because the two kings. He had five kings in his family. Brothers and, killed themselves. He was all cheating about the trying cheating on wives, right? Something like that. Yeah, they they get they were caught with their mistresses and they got killed. Mistresses, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the prince having two scenes has two very funny scenes. That, but but it's funny too because like he's okay with at the end like on their wedding night he's okay with Paul. Uh, yeah, makes sleep, zero sense. Sleeping with silly, right? Like he was just he gave him the green light. Yeah, he like, I mean, he essentially he paid for it. Yeah, I don't know. He's a complicated character. I don't know. What, what, did you, what did you think of like the whole wedding, the whole wedding stuff, Zita? I was so checked out at that point. I just could not bring myself to care. And I think this is when I really began to notice that oh, there were definitely budget limitations. Yeah, mm-hmm. where you can de- imagine those scenes being staged as a grand spectacle. And they aren't, and you get that patchy camera work, and I think it really shows that David Hemmings was not the most experienced director, and I think it's no surprise that he's better known for his work as an actor. For sure. Yeah, some of, I mean, I think the camera work is the weakest in the wedding scene. It's all over the place. Yeah, there there were moments in here where where I did like the shots. I, I don't know if that should be. Like, it was like, a good shot. I liked. You know, I, I did like the shot where, um, with Paul and Silly's final goodbye, like the silhouette. I mean, that might have just been because of a lack of lighting, but like <laughs> where they were saying goodbye to each other, you just kind of see like like the, um, the hat. Well, yeah, just like the light kind right. of just give the silhouette of their faces. Um, okay. There's a, I I think there there's some noirish type of cinematography here that I don't know if it was just unintentional because of but I guess we have to give the credit, lack of the lack of lighting but we have to give credit to what's on the screen right I guess so a happy accident I, I'll chalk it up to but I can understand if, if somebody doesn't appreciate if someone looks at him like oh no it's garbage and maybe I'm just giving it too much credit yeah no I kind of felt like a broken clock's right two times a day yeah yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, it's... now there's nothing atrocious. I just think it was just all over the place. Like, there was no vision. Like, even some movies you could see, like, oh, even if you don't like the cinematography, you see like 
this is how they're this like person trying, wants it shot. They're trying like, to go for something. Right. This was just felt like, you know what we should do? We should stand at a 30-degree angle right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it was with, like, Signs of the Lambs were, like... And they look down the, the lens of the camera. Right. Like that really, like, I just don't like that part at all. Of the, right. of the cinematography. No, but I'm just saying, like... Right. It doesn't like, work at least, for you but, for at least, but at least they had... They had... They were making... They had a point of view. And they were using the camera to kind of tell the story of Lecter. So if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you, that's right. fine. But you know what they're doing. Right. I at least, I at least, I at least give them credit Right. So for, not liking it... Their, right. Their, their and vision. Listen, we all can't like everything. Like, it's fine. But, like, yes... They made a choice. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Paul breaks it off with Silly, and he goes for a walkabout. I don't know if he's going to Club Eden. I don't know if he's going to tell off the captains or uh, the, the captain. I assumed he was going to Eden. Okay, let's assume that. I could be wrong, but let's just the way... You know what? I don't think... We're not... Neither of us are wrong or right. I, that's, I think that's correct. Yeah. Um, so he's on his way to Club Eden... And he hears some gun sh- gunshots, which, by the way, sound like you know, like the old saloon shootout games at like Six Flags. Yes, All right. that's what it sounds like. Yeah, uh, so, you know, I don't know if like they have like these these fake like at amusement parks. They have like these fake. So he's like, we don't fetishize guns. I, I know that's true. You guys are you guys are not as gun happy as we are. There is, uh, but over uh, by us, they have like these old west. If you go to, like amusement parks, they have like these old west I've seen um, these gun movies. ranges. Yes. Okay, yeah. and like you, they are very fun. They are very fun. They have, they have targets, but you press, you pull the trigger, and you hear like the ricochet bullets mm-hmm. and things. Boom! Yeah, it sounds. It sounds. Those noises sound exactly like the ones yes. that are in this movie. That's exactly what I thought of. Yeah. Knew, yep. It sounded just. It sounded like someone shooting at like, like a target on like um, a, a taxidermied bear right. or something like that. Um, so, so he hears these sounds, and he goes to look for him. He goes down a ladder. To the, I don't know where he goes. He's upstairs. He's downstairs. He's down ladders. He's in a, like a, he's in a sewer. I think. I got. He's all over the place. Yeah. And then he gets he gets shot. They don't even get to see it. Like they couldn't show the shooting. No, he just gets shot and dies instantly. He just falls. Yeah. And then the communists and Nazis sort of argue about who he belongs to. Yeah. And then the captain's just like, you know what? We'll take him, and he'll be a hero for us. Ish, and then they use then they use him as a. He gets the full Nazi funeral. Yeah, he. <laughs> and then, uh, and, and then the, the dad comes the dad, alive the, because his son got murdered. I, I. I don't know, Zita. What do you think? Do you think his dad like turned around because he didn't want his son to be a Nazi? Well, I think he was pumped that his son died for a cause. I think his dad was disappointed. Oh. Well, I, I think, think it's because I think his dad knew that he wanted no part of this. I think his dad was happy he lost in a battle. It didn't matter the side that he died in battle, like fighting for something. Oh, Zeta, what do you think? I feel as though that aligns more strongly with the attempts at satire. But at the same time, again, it's ambiguous because Hemmings does not effectively use cinematic language to let us know yeah. how he feels and it's not ambiguous in a thought-provoking manner it just seems like they couldn't find a way to get their point across that's probably right yeah. <laughs> that is that is the i feel like that's the 
that's the message s- behind the whole movie. That's a smart person not trying to force an answer in. Yeah, like us. Yep. Yeah. That's our whole gimmick, right? Yeah, well this is <laughs> Yeah. No, I know. This is this is why this is why we like this is also why we like having Zedon because she actually is well versed in film and right. unlike us, we're just a bunch of meatheads. Oh, you've seen <laughs> I yeah, I know, but it's all well, like I've seen a million movies. But like I wouldn't be able to like talk about like 70s Werner Herzog cinema and things like that like you can um but this is this is kind of what I like about the podcast that we bring in people that have different perspectives and different sensibilities and and that's the point that's the point have conversations with smart people who know what they're talking about and we can have fun with exactly um what what about the last shot of the wedding dress no I'd see like I kind of know what they were trying to go for i guess but it just again it just felt unearned that's i think unearned is right yeah what do you think zita it feels unearned i have to agree yeah. with you it doesn't i think it's meant to end the film on this ironic bitter note and it doesn't quite land because they haven't done enough work to set it up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 right. Yeah, totally. Um oh, we didn't talk about like we really didn't talk about Marlena Dietrich at all. I um, mean she sang a uh Van Halen song, that was cool. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of, I'm, I I don't know is that song I, I you know what I should have done research on this. But was was this written in I guess it was written in the twenties. Yeah, it's a twenties song. Uh, I know um Louis Primo, who does like Pennies from Heaven mm-hmm. from Elf, I think he did a version of this. That's the, ver- the one. That's the first one that came up after the um, David Lee Roth. David version. Lee Roth one. That's the the David Lee Roth version is the one that I know the best. So I knew that was a remake, but I didn't know from what. And then yeah. last, when she's watching, and Bowie was expressionlessly watching her <laughs> sing, I was like, "Oh, David." Yeah. <laughs> so, and then I looked at it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this is going back to the twenties." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I kind of I, I know she was like there for a day, and it's just like okay, yeah, it's just a paycheck. But I I, I liked I like I think she did great. I like what she brought to the table. The I and I think the problem was what she brought to the table. She, like you could tell she's throwing like a hundred and five, while the rest of them are like, they they showed up without gloves. She has she has a very yeah. Like she feels like she's in a different world. She brings a completely different energy. And I mean, she deserves it. She does bring a different energy. She's, but you really feel it. Like they couldn't even hide it with like the weird other gigolos just kind of like creepily standing around. Like, it, yeah, she, she's she's playing a different sport sometimes. Yeah. What um, what what overalls? Yeah, do you think this this movie helps or hurts her legacy as an as an actress? <laughs> It probably hurts her legacy because clearly it's taking inspiration from a lot of her early work in movies like The Blue Angel and Morocco. And it's also one of those funny cases where they brought in a big star for a limited period of time. And so her scenes have to be edited into the film. And she never met David Bowie, even though their characters are meant to be having a conversation. And I understand that that happens a lot when making movies, but to have that level of disconnect, where she showed up, read her lines, was not prepped to build up any chemistry with her scene partners, 
uh, that just feels like a disaster waiting to happen. And it always feels like she's in a completely different film from everyone else. And it's sort of interesting because you get this a lot now with those direct-to-video thrillers starring Nicolas Cage or John Travolta or John Melkovich, where they have to get paid a million dollars a day or something crazy to appear in them. And you find out, oh, they did two days of work on this film that they ostensibly starred in. Yeah, and, and they and they basically filmed them in their basement. <laughs> yeah. like, and and while everyone else is in the woods or whatever, uh, you know, <laughs> doing these hardships, and they're just, right. you know, they're sitting in their lazy boy, you know, just uh, collecting paychecks. Yeah, I, I, and it's funny, like, because you, you notice that the, um, I mean, this is something that was common in, you know, in old, in old Hollywood where they have a, a much softer focus on her. Yes. Where it's a little bit of a, um, a, a like a, a lighter, kind of glossier. You feel it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of, it just, her, her presence really, in, for, for whatever it's worth, really does elevate the movie. Even, I mean, even for, even for two scenes. You almost get the feeling that if she wasn't in it, this movie just doesn't even get, like, released. I, I mean, it was barely released to begin with, right. so I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> um, all right. I mean, I, I think we're. I think I'm good. I'm good. Zeta, anything close before we get to the awards? Any closing thoughts on this fascinating think piece? I think we've been through the worst of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've enough. been fair. Yes. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, listen, this movie is a mess. It, it's an absolute mess, but like there are some redeeming qualities in this somewhere. You just kind of have to look a little bit. You know, I think true to like worst picture cast, best picture cast form, we we muddled through a lot to find out what's there to give it a it's, shot. It's like truffle hunting. You just kind of have to dig through, and then sometimes you find something good. Yeah, back yeah. to the pig. All right, awards. Are we ready? I'm ready. MVP. I'll go first. Silly is my MVP. Sydney Rome or the actress or yeah, both. I I love Sydney Rome. I love Silly. I had a lot of fun every time she was around. Um, I liked her, you know, kind of giving Paul shit. I enjoyed. It, I think, and you know, she she wasn't a good person, but she pushed things along. I really appreciated her. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a very solid performance. Yeah, I had, you know, what I was the most engaged when I was really thinking about it. I was the most engaged with the movie when she was around. Okay. And yeah, I know. I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think like other time, like um, like Zita, you had said by like the wedding scene, you were checked out, and really at that point in the movie, I was checked out. But then I was like, oh, Silly's back, and I was in. And, and yeah. You know, it, it, because at that point in the movie, I was pretty burnt too. But like whenever she was around, I was back into it. Okay. So I think that's for me. I mean, that's the biggest MVP I could give somebody that made me actually interested. Yeah. Zita, what do you think? So this is sort of an odd choice because I don't think that all of the work that this individual produced is necessarily worthy of praise. But cinematographer Charlie Steinbarger did Mm -hmm. contribute something to the film. I think those moments that you talk about where it almost verges on being noirish or attempts to incorporate... um, homage 
to a classic film from the 1930s or 40s. I think Steinberg is probably responsible for a lot of that. So I thought at least they were contributing style to the film and seemed to have a vision yeah. for it in a way that others did not. Yeah, it was some, it was some semblance of like, like artistic integrity or like at least at least knowledge of of old film yes. kind of thing. Yes. Okay. Um my MVP, I know we we talked about how he wasn't great in this movie, but I, I but I I think that much like what um what you said about Marlene Dietrich uh Joey is that I don't think this movie gets made or released without David Bowie. And I don't think he's great in this movie. Um, I think there's enough in here to see the potential and see that he's actually giving a shit because it's easy for someone like in his stature to phone in a movie, especially when it's crumbling around him. And I, I think he, I think he gave it, I think he gave it his best shot. <laughs> it sounds like a participation trophy, but it's a nice participation trophy. I mean. I, he was in the running for LVP for me, and I love him. Wow. <laughs> but because of the fact that this movie is not released it's, without him. And, and, and it's, it's also hard because, like, this, this is a movie that's not, like, there's, I feel like there's no, there aren't really too many clear standouts of, like, oh, no. great things in it. No. So, like, so you kind of, like, you know, you, 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 have to, you have to consider, like, the pool you're picking from. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the next category is the real battle. Yes. L V P. Yep. All right, great. Let's go. Let's let's turn it backwards. You know what? My, uh, mine's the sound editing. Great. It's the the, the gunshots. It is the um, the horrible, obvious ADR, which is always a pet peeve of mine. The really low dialogue, especially when you're trying to solo. When you're trying to give exposition, and I feel like I'm going deaf. Like that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So sound editing overall. What about you, Zita? What's your LVP, Zita? So I'm going to credit David Hemmings with being the worst aspect of this project, in part because he seems to have been instrumental in getting it made in the first place. This seems to have been a passion project for him. He attracted David Bowie to the project. He brought in all of these stars to appear in it. And so I think he's at fault for looking at this screenplay and deciding, yes, we need to devote all of this time and energy and talent to getting this made. Okay. I agree. He's my LVP. Oh, wow. Okay, great. He's... This is probably the worst directed thing I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's fair. So now, are you, are you guys are you guys going at him as, as Hemmings as the director and actor? Or just I think he's a much better actor. I agree. Yes, I'm cool. Him okay. as the actor as the captain. I think he did a good job. As, a, as I mean, I think it was a director issue with the character, not the character issue. I think as an actor, he did fine. Yeah. Okay. Oh no, this is fully at director okay. David Hemmings. And, and you agree, Zita? Yes. As an okay. actor, he's. Fine. He's serviceable. He's fine. For, he, he doesn't stand out really either way in the movie. Which Listen, is... if he's in a good movie, he's 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 getting crushed. But in this movie, he's fine. He's very serviceable. Yeah. 
participation. Um, I'll go first here. I went with Marlene Dietrich. So did I. Oh, yeah. thought she was great. Yeah. Zita? I'll go with Maria Schell. She doesn't necessarily stand out in the cast, but she's another one of those ones where she's serviceable, and especially in scenes with David Bowie, who is just bringing nothing to the table a lot of the time. (laughs) She looks like Marlon Brando or something, just in terms of the amount of charisma that she has in relation to the other actors on screen. Yeah, I, th- I thought she, I thought she did I thought she did a very good job um, as well. Especially, I, I liked I liked the goose scene also yes, when they didn't, I agree. They I didn't know like how to do that with the goose. I thought that yeah, I thought that was like there are these little moments that are like are little charming moments here and there, kind of sprinkled in. But they just never they never commit to them. They just move on so quickly. Mm. Yeah. No, I agree. Not not solid LVP. Uh, solid participation. Sorry. Um, okay, so now here comes the best picture cast specific awards. Hell yeah, um, Joey. I think you and I are going to be on the same page here. Um, would you rather watch this movie? Like, say you had um, say for some reason There's two things on TV. Two. There are two things on TV. It's just a gigolo. Or the Deer Hunter, which one you keep? Which one are you putting on? Deer Hunter, nine point five times out of ten. Yeah, same. Yes. What, what about you, Zita? The Deer okay. Hunter, absolutely. Now we just released a Deer Hunter episode. We did Best Picture Cast. Uh, Zita, what are you, what are your thoughts on that movie? Oh, I think it's great. It's become very controversial, and I'm not going to dismiss all of the concerns about its presentation of the Vietnamese mm-hmm. characters. But I didn't necessarily go into it expecting a realistic depiction of the experiences of soldiers in Vietnam. And I do think that Michael Cimino's direction, as bombastic and obvious as it can be, is stunning at a lot of points. And you do get this breathtaking cinematography from Vilmos Sigmund. Mm -hmm. So the element of spectacle was very appealing to me. It's three hours long. You do not feel the time passing. It it really moves at a quick pace. And Christopher Walken completely deserved to win Best Sporting Actor. 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's something that I feel like when come rankings time, I feel like you and I are going to be pretty high on that one. Very. Yeah. I'm a big. I think, over, I think overall, I think all of us will be. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that movie. I, you know, I like movies with tension. I like movies that let audiences do the work, and that movie really does both of those. Yeah, that's really, interesting. In a really great way. And Christopher Walken, I just think, you know, he eventually becomes kind of a parody of himself, and it's still great. But this is when he was just. I think top to bottom, it's incredibly well acted. Yep. Yeah. Just I mean, De Niro is amazing. Streep is. Streep's, I have no complaints about anybody's role. acting. Yeah, that's no, great. Um, Okay, well, speaking of Deer Hunter or movies of the like, yeah, I have them. you have them. Yeah. Um, this is where we pick an actor or actress from a Best Picture nominated movie from this from this year, and we swipe them with a character from uh, Just a Gigolo. Yeah. And this one is going to be almost a net 
negative net negative for the for the best destroying picture destroying the best picture winners. yeah I actually think I didn't make it too bad but anyway the so the winner Deer Hunter the nominees Coming Home Heaven Can Wait Midnight Express and an Unmarried Woman Woman okay uh, I'm I'm unfamiliar I've seen. Bits and pieces of Heaven Can Wait years ago. I tried to watch it again. It just didn't have the time. I've seen Heaven Can Wait and I've seen Midnight Express. Okay. Uh, as you know, I know on your your podcast, Dreams Your Passions, you did Heaven Can Wait, right? Yes. It's very okay. dull. And it's so <laughs> odd. You read at the time the predictions from journalists about the Academy Awards. And people expected it to triumph over the deal. Wow. And it was... Baffling to me because it's very boring, not particularly well made, but it's also just completely unoriginal and lacking in anything that makes it stand out from the crowd. So it's strange to me that there was so much hype around it. Maybe Warren Beatty slept with enough voters yeah. to <laughs> hey, You know what's good for him? He did his job. Yeah, he is, yeah, that was yeah, his whole yeah. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna suggest the whole Warren Beatty thing. I wasn't gonna suggest that per se, <laughs> but I was gonna suggest the Warren Beatty influence. I appreciate Zeta's commitment. I love it. No, it's great. Um, all right, so uh, Zeta, if um, what would you do for the for the for the swap? Ooh, so this was difficult, and I eventually settled on the idea of replacing Bowie. Well, yes, he's an icon. He is mm-hmm. this incredible performer, but. He's incredibly bland here. And even if you replaced him with someone who gave a worse performance, in a sense, that would almost be better because they would at least be trying for something and hopefully wouldn't Mm -hmm. be so blank. So I thought... And we're not in a great place with this actor at the moment. But late 1970s John Voight in this role... I thought okay. at least he's he's very intense. He yeah. he would bring a lot to the part. Probably not the best fit for a German character, but I would be interested in hearing his Prussian accent work. <laughs> and I also considered Bruce Dawn, and then I thought, oh, maybe that's too out there. A little bit too gritty, I think. That's, yes, that's that's great though. Yeah. I love that. So, um, Joy, I, I, I have one, I have a, I have a reserve, because okay. I don't know if we did the same one. So I got Bowie out, too. Okay, no, we went Because my thinking was, Bowie showed us enough in the rest of his kind of filmography that Bowie's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I wanted Bowie somewhere where he can shine, but I also wanted to put an actor here who would, not maybe not make this movie better, but be awesome in this movie. Bowie's going into Deer Hunter. Mm-hmm. Christopher Walken is coming okay. into just a gigolo. Because <laughs> now maybe with De Niro and some other and you know, Kazali, maybe Bowie gets maybe Bowie becomes a better actor. And Walken, I think, is still awesome because Walken would he'd be a blast to watch this I think entire Walken, thing. I think Walken would be great. He yeah. Walken can't be boring. So he's no. all personality and charisma. So he would be awesome in this. And even though the movie would still stink, he'd be great. And he has a yeah. German father. So maybe he could draw on that. Boom! Yeah. Boom. That's great. That is wonderful. Uh, no, I, I love I love both of them so far. Uh, I went with um, not not because I don't think she did a good job, but I'm uh, swiping out Sydney Rome 
with Meryl Streep. I mean, you put Meryl Streep anyway. It's I, better. I, I'm just very curious to see like how how different that would be. And I, I think that I think that Sydney Rome would still do a pretty good job, not as good as Meryl. Obviously, I think she do a good job though. I think in that, she, she yeah. would do a pretty good job as as, as a secondary character, as just the lonely, there. desperate for love character. I think she would do really well. Yeah. Where I think Meryl Streep just elevates this. I don't think that super destroys anything. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a pretty. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a net positive for just a gigolo, but well, Meryl um, Streep in anything is net positive. That's that's very true. That's very true. So it's it's kind of, mine's kind of uh, lazy. Although John Cazale as and, and David Bowie swaps pretty good too. It's really good. I like That's John, really good. I like John Cazale's. You know, um, I, I don't think the Nazis would take him in. They would not like given him. what he looks like. But um, that's a whole another story. They didn't care. They're not really about principle. No, that's true. All right. So if you had twenty million dollars. Or whatever the equivalent it is at the year of the, the year this movie is made, um, how would you, Zita, fix this movie? No. I guess it's what I was talking about earlier, where I would shift the tone of the film altogether. Where I think this plays much better as a serious drama, and yes, it would still be a bit pretentious and stuffy. But I do think it would work better if it was more handsomely mounted, if they had more money to invest in making the scenery just look more lavish, for lack of a better word. And the, the story's still kind of thin and slight, but if you put more effort into making that final scene devastating, I do think it could work in its own way. And maybe it could be more of a... A mood piece than anything else where it's about this atmosphere of dread instead of having these strange interludes where ah, ha, ha, isn't it funny that men can be prostitutes too <laughs> <laughs> I you just uh, that's, that's, a, that's a great answer Zita you just made me think of something that like I feel like this would have been a quick fix but I feel like it would have done a lot Especially to make the ending a little bit more have have some more gravitas, where say he gets shot and he's kind of dying in the street, and then like he kind of uses David Bowie uses his last breath to kind of tell off the captain and his you know and and the whole Nazi uprising and stuff, and then the captain still uses him as a puppet anyway. I feel like that would have been kind of. Um, a little bit, just a little bit more gravitas, and just, I mean, I, I think at that point it's too little, too late, to be honest. But it's as it would have been at least an attempt to make a point about something. But uh, I know you, you, you talking about that just kind of threw that idea in my head. Um, so for me, for a twenty million dollar budget, I would do a, I'll bring in a script doctor, and I think what I would want them to do is focus purely on the Paul. And uh, Helga von Kaiserling's story, um, where he comes home from war and he doesn't know what to do. He, he finds this woman who's recently widowed, and she he kind of becomes her boy toy, and and how he's just not happy with it. And then you can even like have the Nazi element in the background somewhere, but just like clean it up a lot and just kind of have one. 
one central focus of the movie and the rest play instead of like having to give equal equal time to all these different storylines maybe make something work make it uh, work that and, and better sound sound effects sound editing all that stuff yeah i mean i think we could have paid somebody to relook at the script <laughs> yeah that yeah that's what yeah that's what i was saying like bringing a script doctor yeah yeah but like you know maybe some acting lessons for some people some personality lessons personality <laughs> lessons <laughs> a light you know like, but everything you guys said is right it's, it's just it just figure out how to get an idea into payoff yeah, just a stream streamline a story that's effective. Right, like like you said, like put the kind of the Nazi theme in the background a little bit, instead of as a weird one A one B storyline, but that disappears at times and yeah. is very vague at times. Like you kind of have to know what's going on. You have to know the time. You have to. Like, you need to know a little bit of history. Yeah, I, I did. Um, I mean, I always kind of like you when a movie kind of makes me Google history and. I love that. Things. I did like look up about like okay, well like. In the 20s, like, how prevalent was this uprising? And it was... I mean, they were making waves in, oh, yeah. in, the, in the early 20s, which I thought was was, was interesting. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. There's there's just a lot that they could have done with this movie. Yes. There's just a ton. Um, yeah, so I'm good. I'm, I'm so happy we did this ridiculous movie. I am, too. I'm really... I'm, I'm kind of... Listen, we can only talk about, like... Synthwave horror scores so many times before we start talking about like I kind yeah the idea of like throwing in this movie that like tries to be this pretentious art house film and just kind of falls apart is it's kind of it's a breath of fresh air for us it's nice yeah uh, Zita do you have anything else to add about this movie or have you said all oh well I I've, I've said all that I wanted to say about this film but I would like to I guess lodge a request. I'd like to see yeah. you cover a Madonna movie in the future. Because oh. she is... She belongs in Worst Picture cast. As an actress. <laughs> and you could do Shanghai Surprise or Dangerous Game. Just her filmography is littered with fascinating failures. And I it... just find it so interesting <laughs> that she never achieved success as an actress. Because she would seem to have everything that you need in order to become a movie star I, except talent yeah Zita, yes. I, I just wrote down i just wrote down must do a madonna movie. yeah i'm all in on this also i think we have to rename worst picture cast fascinating failures that's a good one like that's unbelievable zita <laughs> i'm gonna absolutely steal that from you fascinating failures <laughs> is a great yeah uh we could do a madonna i mean i think i'm I just pissed off Elvis fans, so I think I'm ready to piss off Madonna fans. <laughs> you did, yeah. I'm not happy about your Elvis takes, but um, but Joey, I don't know, if, uh, Zita, I don't know if you know this, but Joey and I are decidedly in the uh, not a fan of Madonna camp. Yeah. Um, oh wow. And now my my wife for <laughs> preschool Halloween and on was Madonna. Yeah. But like even even like as her acting, like but like everyone else, if you li- I don't know if you listened to our. Uh, uh, a league of their own, a league of their own episode, where all the other guys seem to be very pro Madonna. I mean, she was the LVP of that movie. Yeah, I, it, for me, she was. <laughs> um, so I think I, if we do a Madonna movie, I think it might be a, <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah, it might be a lot of fun. We might we might just have you on. I yeah, you'll you, you'll have you to come back for that. You've definitely earned another another. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. See, you can come back whenever you want. Um, you, you have an open invite. 
Yeah, if you just want to come on, just tell us. Like, yeah, <laughs> you think of a movie, just tell us. Be like, hey guys, this is what we're doing. And you're on. Um, it's really easy for us. It's no brainer. Um, but Zita, tell us, tell us what you're up to. Yep. Tell us what you're up to. Plug so, everything. Yeah. So I host a podcast called the Three Hundred Passions Podcast, and both Joey and Grant have been guests on it multiple times. So that's been really enjoyable, and we've covered cinematic classics such as Quo Vadis. So <laughs> sometimes you end up tearing these movies apart, but more often than not, you do get to discuss incredible masterpieces. And in the coming months, I'll be talking about a lot of 70s classics, including Badlands. So if Ooh, you're interested in art house cinema of the 70s, it should interest you. How can everybody find you? So we're on most podcast platforms, including Anchor and Podbay and Apple Podcasts, all the big ones. And then on Twitter, we're at 300 Passions. And I am also on Twitter at Zeta underscore short. Yeah, it's a it's a great it's a great podcast. And if you're listening to this, if this is your first time hearing her, um, you know that she knows what she's talking about, and she has this like a great knowledge and love for uh, especially classic cinema. And if this and is your first time hearing ZD, you need to listen to her talk about a good movie where she'll blow yeah, your mind. Totally, totally. This is a lot of fun, but when it's good movies, you know, yeah. you're you're top notch. You'll and, really and appreciate you. It's an excellent, excellent follow on on uh, for Zeta Short, Zeta underscore Short, and Three Hundred Passions. Great follows. A lot really of... makes me realize I don't know as much about movies as I think. Oh, I. <laughs> She's yeah. like, which ones your which ones your like least favorite? I'm like, I don't know who any of those people are. I know. <laughs> That's a, that's an us problem. Yeah, that's a that's, big that's us a problem. That's a big us problem. Yep. Um, but you know, she 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 motivates she motivates me to be a more you motivate me to be a a, a more uh, well rounded facts uh, a viewer film of film. So I, I do appreciate I do appreciate. Oh yeah. That, no, we appreciate sure. you very that's much. Sincere. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm. I think I'm good here. You're. Yeah, I just want to say, I really do love Bowie very much. I feel like we, we were hard on him. I was, at least. I, I just really love Bowie. I, I love his music. Me too. And like, I, lo- I, I, love his, I love most of his performances. Too. Me too. And I listen to his music all the time. And um, so th- it was, like, weird for me. Not Like, I fully expected before seeing this, I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna, uh, we might show this movie, but we got to talk about how great Bowie is. Yeah, it's like at the very least, I'll love Bowie in this. Exactly. So it kind of threw me <laughs> off that he was one of my least favorite pieces of it. That's but I think that's why this is awesome, and that's why we do this because yeah. you never know. And when you think you know what you're about to see, you're gonna be wrong. Yeah, and it's, it's movies like this that really keep us on our toes. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, so again, Zita, thank you so much for for recommending that we do this one. Yeah, it was great because thank we you. honestly never would have done would it. not have done it otherwise. So it's it's kind of a cool. Kind of a cool piece of history that, um, well, I guess if I find the two and a half hour version, I'll, I'll try to sit through it. I'll get in there. Um, but we'll, 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 we'll give that a shot uh, if I can find it. I kind of hope that I don't, though. You know, I hope you fail in this. But if you, if you succeed, we will, there will be an addendum at the end. Okay, yeah. So, so if, you're, if you're listening to this now, see if there's like an extra five minutes. For your own sake, I hope it's ending. Yeah, so we'll find out. Um... All right, so, all right, we're all good. All right, so for Zeta Short, for Joey, I'm Grant. I'll feed the same. <laughs>